Hey everybody, welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Victorious. Victorious brings the fitness studio to you with live group fitness classes that you can participate in from anywhere at any time. They offer real-time fitness classes that you can stream live from your computer, your phone, your tablet, or your television. And it's not just streaming. The classes are interactive. They've got high-intensity interval training, yoga, boxing, cardio, and more. Classes last from 35 to 45 minutes. I love that amount of time. Not too long, not too short. And they happen throughout the day and the evening. You're going to train with some of the best trainers from some of the best studios in the U.S., What I love about Victorious is that you actually book your appointment, you schedule your class, and that trainer is live while you're streaming the class. So right now you can take unlimited classes each month for the price of a single fitness class, no equipment to buy and no getting locked into long-term contracts. All you need is you. I know a lot of you listening are runners and that's probably your main gig, but Victorious has so many complimentary exercises you can do if running is your main thing. I particularly love their yoga class. You guys can get one month for free of unlimited Victorious classes when you go to victorious.com slash another. Check it out. When you support a sponsor of this show, you are directly supporting my podcast. Hey, today you're listening to episode 138, and I'm talking with Todd Williams. I had the honor and privilege to meet Todd when he came to Indianapolis a couple years ago to Athletic Annex and taught a Run Safer clinic there. Todd is a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He's a two-time Olympian from the 92 and the 96 Olympics in the 10K. So Todd has combined his two passions of Brazilian jiu-jitsu and running to create something that is helpful to all of us. He's created this Run Safer course. It was created back in 2013, and he's taken it all over the country where he teaches you self-defense skills and knowledge to keep yourself safe while you're out running. Now this topic sadly comes to us and is in the forefront of our minds because of what's recently happened to Molly Tibbetts. And so I just want to say our thoughts and prayers are going out to her family right now. And I really, really hate that this is the reason that this topic is being brought up so much, but it's been talked about a lot in my Facebook group. And I thought this is on everybody's minds right now. We need to be thinking about how to keep ourselves safe while we're out running, walking or jogging and just how to be alert in general. So I thought this was a really good time to bring Todd on. And, you know, we don't want to go out for a run and be scared and fearful, but we want to be in a position where we feel like we can take care of ourselves and have the best self-defense possible. And Todd will bring you real tangible ways you can do that. And there's some really great products that we mentioned in this episode as well that you can use. Everything we talk about in today's episode will be in the show notes, lindsayhine.com. And you can also find all of Todd's information. It's free at runsafer.com. If there is a clinic near you ever, I highly recommend you go check it out. And that's a program that's sponsored by ASICS, by the way. All right, guys, make sure you're following me on Instagram, lindsayhine626. You can find me on Twitter at lindsayhine. And you can also find me on Facebook. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine where we have a group as well. And that group is where this topic got brought up and it really got me thinking, let's let's get some information out to everybody. You guys can also find Todd on social media and it's Friends Safer Todd. Okay, well today on the show we have Todd Williams and um, I wanted to bring Todd on in light of what's happened with Molly Tibbetts and it's horrific and sad and I hate that this is why we're doing this, but 
it's been on my mind a lot and I know it's been on the mind of my listeners a lot. So um, thank you, Todd, for coming on and sharing with us your knowledge about uh, run safety. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I first met you when you came to Indianapolis and did a clinic here at Athletic mm-hmm. Annex. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, It's been, a, you know, it's amazing to me, you know, thinking about all the people that I've met and all the different running stores and, and uh, I guess the world of running when I got into Run Safer, how many people that I've met through the business. Yeah. And you're friends with my friend, Bob Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bob and I ran against each other all the way back in high school, which I think I'm getting too old to remember, but back in the eighties and then J- Bob and I established a great friendship and, and it's went on from the running career on to business, business career. Yeah. Well, I was looking at your Wikipedia page before this interview and you have a big birthday coming up. Yes. The big five <laughs> Oh, the big five Oh is right around the corner. And, uh, I don't know. I, I you know, I, some people say age is just a number. I try to live that way. I try to get up and have something positive to do and goals to go for every day. So it's not, you know, I still kind of feel like in my mind, I'm, you know, that 18 year old kid that's trying to make the, make the varsity team at college or whatever it was. I, I, but, but it is amazing that 50s already here. Oh my gosh. Well, you live in a way that you probably do feel like you're more like 25 or 30, not almost 50. <laughs> yeah. I try to, that's the key. So I'm oh. a little bit sore. I, some mornings I wake up a little sore than I was, but I mean, I still, uh, <laughs> I accomplish something positive each day. Well, so the main reason we're bringing you on today is to talk about your Run Safer program and how we can stay safe on the run. But it would be silly of me not to bring up your athletic career and your history with running. You're a two-time Olympian. And what I didn't know until about 20 minutes ago when I was doing some last-minute prep here, do you really have the third fastest American half marathon time ever? Well, I, I ran that in 1993 in Tokyo. I ran an hour and 11 seconds. So that was considered, it was like one meter uh, below the allowable from a point to point course. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, some people recognize it as the third fastest, you know, you know, it's just like, I think a few other people have ran some courses that were really, um, you know, I guess not legal, but uh, <laughs> yeah, when I, when I ran that, when I came back, you know, from that race, everybody was like, you know, at that point, it was the second fastest time in history because Steve Monaghetti broke the world's best when he beat me and ran an hour and eight seconds. Uh, and then I ran an hour and 11. And then Denisio Cerrone from Mexico was an hour and 13. So um, I still think back, how in the heck did I run that? 430 per mile. That's insane. miles. But um, yeah, I guess, you know, that's, that was one of my highlights of my career, no doubt. So did you know before the race that it was short or did you guys get told afterwards? Like, hey, guess what? This was not. Official. Well, it wasn't, it, was, it wasn't, but it, no, because they still recognize the, the Japanese Federation actually recognized it when they gave us bonuses and, and different things for the prizes. Um, and you know, they, they recognized both the world best for Steve Montagetti from Australia. And they recognized mine as a U.S. best, as well as, you know, the, the second fastest time in history for the, for that distance. I mean, now I think the time's down in the 58s, which is uh, absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it wasn't a uh, short, it was, it was a point to point course. And what they do is to make it legal. Some federations will say, or associations will say it can't drop below this from, if you start at a, and it goes to B, it can't drop a certain elevation. Oh, elevation wise. Okay. Elevation. Yeah. So what happened is it was one meter below the allowable, I guess, when they, when they, when the U S federation looked at it, that it was one meter below that. So it wasn't like it was 13 
you know, 13 miles, not 13.1. It was, it was just a point, a point to point course. Okay. Now I get it. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was, uh, interpreting that wrong at first. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cause I think like, like, like Ryan Hall, you know, at Houston when Ryan, I guess Ryan ran 59, 43, that was, you know, that was legitimate certified, you know, course that he broke. And that's, I, I believe, I think that's the current American record, not a hundred percent, but I believe that's the current American record, which is 59, 43. That's what I was going to say too, but I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be wrong. So I wasn't going to say it. Yes. And I'm sure somebody will correct me. You know, somebody listens to this, somebody definitely will correct me. Oh yeah. If it's wrong, you'll get called out for sure. (laughs) And, And I apologize if I'm wrong. I'm just old and I forgot, but I just remember when Ryan did that, I was still, you know, really into the running scene and, and I know Ryan really, really well. So, I mean, that, that's the time that sticks in my head is the American record now, our American best. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess the certified record that I still have is the 15K. I still have the American record that I set. And that was certified in Jacksonville, Florida at the Gate River Run. I ran 42.22 and still hold the American record for that. that oh, wow. Been since 1995. 1995. Well, when you <laughs> ran in the Olympics, though, you ran the 10K. Right. Ran the 10K in 92 and then 10K in 96 um, and Barcelona and then Atlanta. Okay. So can you just tell us a little bit about those experiences? Was going to the Olympics always a dream of yours? Uh, you know, it, it, it was. I mean, when I started running here, you know, in Monroe, Michigan, at Monroe High School, you know, my coach saw the work work ethic that I had and, and he pushed me really hard. And, I, and, he, and he, you know, once I accepted a, the scholarship to go to University of Tennessee, you know, he told me, he goes, you know, if you continue to work hard, and, you know, you make smart decisions, you have a really good chance to go far in the sport. And I'll never forget and appreciate my coach in high school, Dave Bork, for telling me that. And then when I got to the University of Tennessee, my, my head coach was Doug Brown, who was also an Olympian three times in the steeplechase. And when Doug, Doug told me the same thing, he goes, you know, if you, if you keep working hard and you keep sacrificing and you keep the dedication up, you've got a really good chance to make the Olympic team in 92 or 96. And, you know, not that I made all perfect, uh, smart decisions, but, um, uh, you know, I kept working hard and the next thing you know, my times continued to drop. And then, uh, I made the 92 team, which is a really a big shock to a lot of, a lot of people in the, in the United States. Cause I wasn't picked to get into the top 10, I believe that year at the Olympic oh, wow. trials. And, and then I won the trials. And so that was a shock. And then, then the goal was of course, to get to the finals at the Olympic games. And, uh, I finished in the, I finished 10th and made the top 10 in 92. Uh, and then 96, uh, made it again. And I think it's kind of two different stories there in 92. I wasn't supposed to make it. So I was, I got over there in Barcelona. I had a great time. I went to go watch all the events and really enjoyed myself. And then fast forward four years later, later in Atlanta, I put a lot of pressure on myself and I overtrained. I got a stress fracture in my back, uh, still made the team. But the time I got to the games, I was just mentally and physically exhausted and I didn't make the final. And I ended up dropping out of the semifinal. Once I knew I couldn't get into the top 12 in the heat um, or the in the semifinal, then I dropped out of that event. So when I look at my Olymp- Olympic experiences, I think, man, one was a great, great, I'll never forget experience. And the other one was like, man, I wish I could go back and, mm. and not put so much pressure on myself to because uh, I really was to the point in my career there. If I didn't get a gold medal, I thought I was a failure. Mm. Um, and that's what I look back and now that I'm almost 50 and I think back then I'm like, Man, that's that's crazy to think people can put that much pressure on themselves to think, hey, if I don't get a gold, then I'm not then then I'm not good. Um, and that's that's to the that's I guess that's to the credit of how hard I worked and the expectations I put on myself to be the best that I could be. But that's where I was at in those two experiences. 
Now, looking back at almost 50, I promise I'll stop bringing up that you're about to turn 50. Um, a- <laughs> um, what would you change about how you approach that? Uh, as far as my running career? Well, the 96 Olympics and how much pressure uh, you put on yourself. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I'm wired that way. You know, even, even with my run safer business and things that I'm currently doing today with my school here in Monroe, I moved back home last year and started my own school, Monroe Jiu-Jitsu. I'm, I, I think I can't change. I think I just, you know, I wake up every day and I, and I'm, and I'm in fifth gear and, and I hate to, I hate to fail in it. And I just don't want to have a good jujitsu school for this area. I want to have the best jujitsu school in the state and I want to have, and then I want to keep getting better and better. So, you know, I guess if I, if I had to do one thing different, I probably wouldn't have been so addicted to my training law going into 96 and comparing every single workout that I did in previous years and try to try to demolish all those interval times that I did in previous years going in to the trials because I think that's where a lot of athletes get into trouble is they compare themselves to their previous best and they go I got to smash that certain interval workout I did I, I got to smash that tempo run that I that I did in the year before so I that means I'm that much better but when in reality that can, that can run you into the ground if you do that day in and day out. So I, I probably would have tweaked uh, the training a little bit more going into it. Um, but the mindset probably would have still been the same. My goal was to get a gold medal. And that's, that's what my focus was, is, was, you know, was to try to do that and accomplish. And, you know, if I would have got a silver, I probably, I probably wouldn't have been happy. (laughs) So it just just didn't work out for me that time. But as far as the, you know, the, the other thing I always tell people, about my Olympic experiences, it really wasn't my performances or what I was doing. When I look back on it, it was all the great people that I met and all the great athletes from other sports. And and I got to sit down with them and talk to them and have coffee with them in the Olympic Village and, you know, being able to go to the Olympic gold medal game in basketball and and the gold medal match in tennis. Those are the coolest things that I'll never forget and and the memories that that I really think of when I think about uh, the Olympic Games. Yeah. When, you know, when I met you, when you were here in Indianapolis and you gave your clinic and just hearing what you're saying right now, you really do come off as the kind of person who wakes up in the morning, excited to do life, like excited for your adventure that you're about to go on, whether it's running your school or teaching people how to be safe out on their runs. So is this just your nature or is this something that you've worked at? I think it's, uh, again, that's, how, you know, p- people, you know, now that I'm back in my hometown, I, I still have a, my hometown small here in Monroe itself, 30 miles south of Detroit. And when I moved back home a year and a half ago or so, you know, I still have friends that I went to kindergarten with and it's, it's, it's that type of a tight knit uh-huh. community. And then, and, and all my friends still to this day, I'll say, man, you, you're just different than everybody else. And, and I don't see myself like that, but you know, not, if I take a step away from me and look, you know, I guess I am. A little bit different because I do have a lot of energy. I do try to accomplish positive things every day. I try to help my community. I try, you know, I try to be the best Monroe Jiu-Jitsu school possible. I try to make Run Safer the best. When I was a, a sales rep for that small period of time in my life after professional running, I wanted to be the best sales rep that I could possibly be and do everything I could do, to, you know, to hit all my goals. And and then when I was a runner, the same thing. And then uh, prior to running, I, I played all the other sports, and you know, I was always the the guy on the team that tried to win every conditioning drill, every circuit, every, you know, I wanted to start no matter what I did. I wanted to, to I hated to fail. And I, you know, I think there's a lot of athletes like that at the high level. And that's probably, you know, that fear of failure that makes most of the, the pretty good ones 
uh, good because they, they, it's not that they like to brag, but this is how good I am. This is what I've accomplished. They're always afraid of not succeeding. And I think that's what pushes me each day to, to be better and better. And, and also I love making a positive impact in other people's lives because, you know, when you can, when I go to a run safer clinic and I see a, a young lady on the front row and, and I, I see that connection that, man, this makes sense to me. This is some of the things I should be doing on the safety tip side to keep me out of trouble. I'm going to do that from this point forward. That's the type of connection that I want in run safer. And then with, with my jujitsu school, I've had a couple of students lose over 60, 70 pounds in one year and their whole life has changed. Their self-esteem's picked up. They're confident. They're making eye contact. I mean, it's just those type of things, you know, really, I don't have to hit the alarm clock in the morning because I know that I'm going to, I'm going to do that each and every day that I, that I go to my school or fly off to a presentation somewhere across the United States. You know, I feel like you would be a really good Navy SEAL. You know, yeah, I have a friend that I've, you know, living in Jacksonville, I was fortunate to, to meet a couple of Navy SEALs and I'm friends with them. And the, I think, you know, when they, when we hang out, they're like, you know, you, you definitely have the, the, the mindset mm. to potentially, to potentially be a Navy SEAL. But again, I know, I know that I can't just say, Hey, I could be a Navy SEAL. Yeah, sure. That is some, that is some serious, sure. serious, uh, um, that's a serious, serious accomplishment. Um, but, but if I could, if I had two lives that would, and one of them didn't take me down the route of making it to the Olympics and doing the things I'm doing now, if I would have had, you know, if I had two lives, I think that would have been one route that I would have tried, you know, with a capital T tried, yeah, yeah. um, tried to take. So I appreciate you recognizing that as a possibility or potentially yeah. to go down that road. Yeah, I yep. have. I only have one friend that's a Navy SEAL, and just the way you talk and the way you talk about wanting to be the best and just your drive reminds me very much of his personality. Um, I mm-hmm. kind of felt like I was talking to him there for a second. Well, you know, and I, I think another thing that SEALs have, um, at least my experiences with my friends, is they have the, the desire to, to accomplish big things as well as being a great team player. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, they're not, yes, they're confident. Yes, I'm not going to say arrogant, but really, really confident in their abilities. But at the same time, they're going to go hand in hand with their team and try to make their team better. And that's that's an attribute a lot of, you know, a lot of people don't have it at a high level. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, anytime we would go anywhere with, with our uh, my friend, I would just be like, I'm fine. I feel really safe no matter where I'm at because I'm with a Navy SEAL. <laughs> uh, that's that. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and you should <laughs> for sure. Well, let's, mm-hmm. let's talk about Run Safer. You, when did you launch the Run Safer program? Uh, you know, and if you remember, you know, maybe you do, maybe you don't from the story that I talked about, you know, kind of the, the beginning of Run Safer, it, it really all started, well, the training with, with jiu-jitsu started in 2002, at the end of 2002, when my career uh, finished in running. And then the more I got into it, uh, at the same time that I was just training jujitsu as a hobby, I was also a, a running specialty sales rep. Uh, so it, it really started with me putting two and two together of how important safety and self-defense would be for the runner, the jogger, and the walker, because I was ingrained in the running specialty environment. So I would sell into running stores across Florida and Georgia. Um, so once I got toward black belt and I, and I started doing the research and realized that I was the only person in the world, uh, with those two kind of bat with that background of two Olympic teams in distance running, as well as a black belt in jujitsu. That's when I started talking to, to store owners and, and I said, you know, would, would you guys be interested in me coming in and doing a presentation 
on safety tips as well as some self-defense tactics that your customers could potentially um, take advantage of if they ever ended up in a, in a bad situation while they're out being active. And it was a you know, 100% approval rating on, on what the, the store owners, uh, the feedback they gave me. So um, I really started putting a you know, pen to paper on the idea of Run Safer in 2011, 2010, 2011. But the driving force behind it was having a, a corporate sponsor, which I was fortunate that ASICS jumped on board right away in November of 2012. And we had discussions before that. But um, Run Safer really started to roll with a corporate with the corporate backing of ASICS in November of 2012. It seems like uh, you see runners, uh, retired professional runners, moving to this entrepreneurial life here and there. So was this on your mind at all before you launched Run Safer and you were getting into the Brazilian jiu-jitsu? Like, I could make a business out of my passion here outside of professional running? Yeah, you know, I mean, even when I when at the end of my career, when I started to slow down and, you know, 98, 99, I, I, I just wasn't the same runner anymore. I, I don't know if it's because I hammered myself into the ground. I kept pushing it, you know, it's really, really hard. I got into the marathon career at the end, but, but I knew that I didn't, I, I didn't want to be a runner that just hung on and was running two minutes slower, a minute slower after a half marathon that I, because I always wanted to, to run my absolute best. Um, so at that time when I started to fade in my running career, I always thought I'm going to have to be my own boss. I'm going to have to create something that I, I'm super passionate about so I can um, continue the goal setting aspect of it. Because I, I just didn't want to settle for, I'm going to just say, a, a, you know, a normal job, right, that, yeah. that I didn't like. And I know a lot of people have to do that and, you know, that's their thing, but I didn't want to do that. So even when I stopped running, I started um, push the pace, which was a, a training service, you know, like a online training service, um, you know, where people could contact me and I could train them, you know, online and, ha and, you know, I started that. So I knew that there was something I needed to do. And then when I got into the running specialty, the first, when I got a corporate job, um, as a running specialty sales rep, that's when I really knew that, look, I got to find something because not to say that that's not a good job because it's a good job for a lot of people. But it, for me, it was something that, it was kind of that bridge between um, my first business, which was push the pace, and then Run Safer. So when I when I when I started Run Safer, yeah, it was, it was always a dream of mine to really have my own business and control each and every day of what I was going to accomplish and how I was going to accomplish it without somebody telling me what to do. Because not to say that I can't take direction, because I did that <laughs> from coaches. I did that from coaches my whole life. And if they told me to run through a wall, I'd run through a wall. Um, but when it comes to my, when it comes to business, I like, I like being able to dictate what happens day to day. Yeah. I feel the same way. My husband's like, you could never work for somebody again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. I want to jump in really quick, you guys, and thank another one of our sponsors for this episode. And that is prep dish. PrepDish is a healthy subscription-based meal planning service. Allison, the founder, she's also a dietitian, created this amazing business. I talked to her actually in episode 118 of this podcast. Definitely go back and listen to this that episode if you haven't already done so. She is so inspiring and I loved talking with her and learning about her vision for PrepDish. Allison puts together a 
healthy, balanced, nutritious menu for you for your entire week. And you prep that on Sundays or whatever the beginning of your work week is. You prep your meals on Sunday for the entire week and they're ready to go. So when you're heading out the door and it's crazy and it's busy, you can just grab and go. You just turn the oven on when you get home from work and just pop it on in there. This is a great way to stay organized and just keep things under control. And hello, this is what I think you should do if you do it. Get the meal plan, get the grocery list that she sends you. She sends you the detailed grocery list and just use ClickList if you have a ClickList in your area and you can just order it all. You don't even have to go into the store. You can just click list it up. Everybody tells me I should do it. I haven't done the click list yet, but apparently Kroger and all the grocery stores near me have it, but that will make it even more efficient for you. So let Allison do the planning for you and go to prepdish.com slash another. Use the promo code another to get two weeks free. That's prepdish.com slash another. Use the code another and you'll get two weeks free. You'll get these menus planned out for you, a detailed grocery list, organized, and then you just prep them on Sunday and you'll have healthy meals for the entire week. Prepdish.com slash another. All right, guys, let's get back to my conversation with Todd Williams. So tell us what Run Safer is and what your vision behind the program was. You know, it, when I when I really sat down and I had a lot of uh, windshield time when I was a sales rep, you know, because my territory was South Beach to Atlanta. <laughs> so it was a big with 60 accounts. So it was a lot of drive and a lot of time to think. And I, when I thought about the initial concept, it was similar to the good form running. If the, you know, the, mm-hmm. those of your listeners that know about it, there's a program called good form running where a presenter would come right inside the store and uh, teach how people to run better, have better form, you know, some training aspects behind it, some drills that they could do. And so I said, you know, when I thought about the, the techniques that I had learned, I really started to put together five or six, sometimes seven self-defense techniques and tactics that that a smaller person um, could possibly perform to get themselves out of a, a dangerous situation. Um, so that was that was the first um, concept behind it. Like, let's just go in store, do the presentation, talk about safety tips, um, as well as some things that the products potentially that they could wear to keep them safer. And, and then from there, it just, you know, it's kind of just evolved to the point where it's just not for running specialty stores. It's also for colleges, universities, high schools, corporate environments. Um, but really the, the main theme of it has never really changed from day one and <clears throat> the concept it's, it's presenting, it's getting in front of a lot of people uh, and being able to keep them safer through self-defensive jujitsu, as well as uh, safety tips that I want to, I want my, my audiences to be able to use those tips where they never have to get into a physical altercation or a situation. Okay, so I know that a podcast episode can't replace a clinic, so I highly encourage anybody to get to a clinic if they can, if you, if Todd is touring in your area. Um, but let's, Todd, let's go over some of your biggest tips. And one of my favorite ones that I took away when you got, came to Indy was um, calling out someone's name if you're alone so that your predator, the predator thinks that you aren't alone and just acting like, hey, Bob, come over here and, and grab right. this or something. So can you kind of start there and go through some of your most important tips? Yeah. yeah and, and I'll say this too before I get into the tips is, is I think another thing that I, I've really been touching on over the last couple of years <clears throat> is Number one, anything that I cover is, you know, on runsafer.com. It's on my Runsafer Facebook. Everything's for free. You know, all the tips that I'm going to talk about here in a second or all the techniques that I show at my presentations are on there. 
And, and I definitely want anybody that listens to this to go there and share it. There's, you know, there's going to be no emails. There's going to be no, you're not going to get texts from Run Safer. So please use all the information that I give to keep people safer. And then also in saying that, just because you watch a technique, just because you perform a technique once or twice or three times doesn't guarantee that that technique's going to work. The chances rise the more you practice just like anything else and have good instruction. That's where I'm like, you know, when I show at a presentation a grip break and you do it, now I want you to find a school in your area. Just like in Indianapolis, for example, there's a good school. Um, Greg Eldred has a school called NDBJJ, does a great job, teaches self-defense. And that's what I always recommend no matter what communities I go into. You have to practice. And, and that's I just wanted to say that before I move on to the tips. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. I mean, because uh, I, I sat through your clinic and I I will honestly say and I shouldn't say this, but. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know how to re redo it because I didn't go practice. So thank you for saying that. Right. And, and, and you can practice the, you know, the techniques that's on my website that, you know, you go on to runsafer.com, you'll see the safety um, or the self, the self-defense techniques. You can do some practicing by, by yourself at home, just by the things that I talk about at the, as far as the safety tip, the dress rehearsals, put yourself in situations, you know, in your mind, say, you know, what would I do if I got out of my vehicle and somebody grabbed me by the wrist? What would I do? If I was going down a bike trail and somebody came out of nowhere and pushed me to the ground, that's the question you have to ask yourself, you know, not to make you paranoid every time you go out for a walk, jog or run. But in reality, if you can think about that, that alone is going to elevate and elevate your safety awareness much higher than it would be if you don't think about it at all. So those are the type of things by looking at my techniques on my website that can help you in the future just by, you know, self uh, visualization where it is going to is going to help you in the future. Um, but as far as the tips go, you know, the safety name that you had mentioned, uh, I learned this tip from a self-defense instructor out of Orlando. Uh, one of his clients used it or one of his students used it in a parking garage. They thought, uh, you know, his advice was if somebody is approaching, approaching you and you can have a name in your head that you can scream out like that person's right around the corner or right down the trail or right on the other side of the parking lot, then that person that's potentially going to assault or attack you is chose you because you're alone. Now, if he thinks that person, the name that you're yelling is right around that corner, he may not even put his hands on you because he doesn't want to deal with multiple people in the area. Uh, so, you know, at my presentations, I say, what's your safety name? And people start yelling my name, Todd, but I don't care what name it is. You yell it loud and you convince that attacker that that person's coming to, to help you. That's good. Um, my second tip, and probably, you know, if you and I were on this call for 30 seconds and I gave you one safety tip, the one safety tip would be, be around people, be in populated areas, mm -hmm. um, power in numbers. And that's, and that to me is the most important tip. Uh, a lot of people will say, well, I like to go for walks by myself. I like to go for runs by myself. It's time for, that's the time that I, um, de-stress, you know, but after doing this for five and a half, six years, a majority of the attacks and the assaults happen when you're out there alone. And so I'm not telling anyone what to do, but I'm all, but I'm telling you that most attacks happen when, when you're alone. So if you can have a buddy system, if you can get a hold of running stores, no matter where you're at in the United States, if you're going on vacation, if you're going to an out of town race, whatever it is, you can get on Google, the power of Google and punch in running specialty Indianapolis, running specialty Chicago, running specialty San Diego. Put those three words in there with what are running, especially with whatever city you're going to go to, that can be your resource 
to keep you safer while you're while you're out and about. Because running specialty stores to me is that is the best resource you can get, where the staff is going to be able to tell you, hey, you can go to this part of the of the city. It's a great place to run. It's a park. It's most a lot of people there, and most people don't think about that. They just get complacent and they just go out and they do what they want to do, and they think nothing's going to happen. And then that's where we see headlines is when people are complacent about their safety. So power in numbers and being around people is the most important tip that I can give. Well, and that's a good tip for people that are traveling too. If you're traveling to a new city, connect with the run specialty mm-hmm. store, call them, see if they have a meetup that day, or just ask them where's a safe place where I can run. Right. And, and you know, and, and most of us, when we go on vacation, you know, we have our, you know, we go on a trip, we go on an out of town race, whatever it is. We have things planned the whole time, so why not plan a safety uh, safety schedule? Or, you know, have that part of your plan if you are someone that likes to exercise, or and most of us want to go out for a walk or whatever it is. That it only takes about thirty seconds of time to put that that into the schedule, um, and and those are decisions most people don't make that that they should, and that's where Run Safer comes in because I'm trying to educate people to make those decisions where they never have to use jujitsu or another martial art to keep them safer, or potentially a concealed handgun or whatever it is, mace that uh, some people have mentioned that they would use in a, in a, in a dangerous situation. Now I have to ask this because, you know, I live in the city and I agree with a hundred percent with what you're saying. And I feel so much safer. I would rather run through a shady part of town where there's people everywhere than a backcountry road. Um, mm-hmm. But I know I have listeners who do live in the country and don't live close mm-hmm. to a city, and those are their options. So let's go there. Like, what are what do we do if that's where we're running and we happen to run alone? And, well, if, if you have to run alone, I mean, that's where the, the headphones are off. Again, I don't want people to be paranoid, but, the you know, we just, you know, last week in Iowa, horrible situation. And, you know, Molly was running out, you know, I'm sure, you know, it, and you saw the road. I don't know if you saw some of the pictures that yeah. where she was at, but she was in an area that there was no one around and she was targeted in a, a horrible situation. Um, the advice that I can give, if you have to run alone in, in an environment like that is have the headphones off, have some, have some places potentially set up on that loop that you're going to run or that square, whatever you're going to do, where if, if a car pulled up, could you, are there escape zones that you could go to? Are you ready? Are you on speed dial on your on your smartphone that you can hit it? Not just, you know, not not just have it in your back pocket, have it ready to go for your safety. Use certain apps that can keep you safer. Um, Just be as as diligent as possible if you're going to run alone in environments like that to take your safety to the next next level. And and saying that it doesn't guarantee 100 percent it's going to keep you 100 percent safe. That's all I can say. But you have to be extremely diligent with your with your safety if you're going to be in environments like that do you know um i know i don't use them but i know there's apps that like your significant other or friend or whoever can Mm -hmm. like track where you're at in real time i know run angel is a product that does that yeah i mean there's some great products out there i mean there's road id um you know that has the capability of tracking there's where safe um, that, you know, people could look up that and that, that actually has, it comes with a little tag that you can put to your, it's a really small, the size, almost like a quarter that you can put to your waistline on your shorts, on your, on your, you know, running, running pants, whatever you have on, on your jacket, that if, if you feel you're in danger, you can hit this button and it starts to record everything that's going on around you and through your smartphone, as well as notifying your <clears throat> safety contacts that, that something dangerous is happening and they can hear what's going on. 
So, you know, safety is going to such a high level, uh, the capabilities of smartphones. That's where people need to be diligent and, and look up these products. And if it's an extra $5 a month, if you know that you're going to be out there by yourself, or, or even if you're not, if you can step up your game like that by utilizing your smartphone in a safe way, then, then those are the type of apps that you should, that you should utilize. So the two that I mentioned, you have Glimpse, or three, Glimpse, Road ID, and WearSafe. Okay, I like that. And um, I think Run Angel is another one that a lot of my listeners are using. Have you heard of Run Angel? No, I haven't. Okay. They have, there's like a, there's a button you can push and it signals off a very, very loud alarm, first of all. And then second of all, it sends a notification to um, your person, whoever, you know, whoever you're synced up with to exactly where you are when you push that attack button. Okay. It's not, that sounds really similar. Yeah, it's similar to the, uh, the wear safe. And again, this is the, and, and I would love to, you know, find if, you know, if there was a survey that went out, how many people utilize their smartphones for safety? And, and then on the other side of the coin, how many people are utilizing their, their smartphones to put themselves in danger? Yeah. And what I mean by that, heads down, looking at Facebook, on their training apps, not paying attention. Those that's that's the survey that I'd like to see, you know, the percentages change to, hey, get on there and use the things that we're talking about here. Get on Glimpse, get on Road ID, get on Run Angel, get on WearSafe. But if you're not going to use those, put your phone away, turn music down and be aware of your surroundings at all times. Okay, so let's talk about headphones because you know everybody loves to wear headphones and listen to podcasts and listen to music when they're running. Um, it's an absolute no if you're alone on a backcountry road. Uh, but what's your advice on that if someone's like, man, I just really want to listen to my music while I run and they run in the city or something? Uh, you know, it's, it's take one butt out. I mean, I know some people say, you know, it's nothing's going to happen if I'm here. It's not going to happen. But it's 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 not just for, for the potential assault or the attack, but also, you know, how about people texting nowadays? I mean, I know you and I would never do that, text while we're driving, but there's a lot of people mm-hmm. that text when they drive. And, you know, so there's a lot of things that can go along with your safety to the to the negative if you have your music up too loud and you have both buds in. So I'd say either take cut one bud out or let it hang or make sure that that volume's down to a, to a, to a level that you can hear everything at all times that's going on around you, you know, so in a, in a bike trail or a running trail setting. And this is what I talk about when you're thinking about a hand to hand situation, if you had to fight back or you had to get your weapon out, if your music's up to a volume that you can't hear anything, but that podcast or that great song that you love finishing up your run to, or your walk to, or whatever, that gives you less time to be able to react if somebody comes up from behind or jumps out of nowhere. So a lot of different things and a lot of different reasons why you should have that music turned down. Um, and you know what I was just thinking about this while you were talking is that uh, something I've utilized when I'm like, I want to listen to music. I want to listen to a podcast. But for instance, uh, I go on a lot of stroller runs and I do, I hands down will not listen to, to anything when I'm pushing one of my kids in the stroller with headphones in because mm-hmm. I need to be 100% aware if there's a car coming or whatever. Um, I have this thing called a buckshot and it's like a outdoor speak. It's like an, a Bluetooth speaker. So it's like not in my ears. I set it on the stroller so we can hear music and podcasts, but it's, we can still be aware of our surroundings. So I feel like that's one, right. one safer way to still listen to your podcast or music if you need to, if you really want to. 
Exactly. And then see, and that's the great thing about, and, and when I think about Run Safer and us having this discussion, it's having the discussion with numerous people where they can share it. Cause I'm learning things from you right now. So I can, I can go and look at Run Angel. I can share that on my Run Safer page. You're learning stuff from me. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm talking about where safe. So we're talking about this dialogue that most people don't want to talk about because it's scary. But in reality, all we're doing is, is helping the masses. So, yeah. you know, it's great. It's great that you told me about the products you're talking about now. And, and then you can do the same with the products that I'm mentioning. Um, and so one other thing that I'll mention, too, is and this and this is an endorsement. It's not like I'm, uh, you know, I have a job with this company, <laughs> but I really, believe, you know, when we're talking about different products. You know, people mention Mace. Yes. People mention being concealed. Yes. One product that that I brought on board uh, for my presentations is I met uh, Jody Fisher at a running clinic at, in Phoenix, Arizona at Runner's Den uh, about three and a half, four years ago. And she has a product called GoGuarded. Um, and what GoGuarded, what GoGuarded is, it's a little uh, ring that goes on your hand and it's a sharp object, but it looks like a little ring. So for example, a lot of, and the reason I'm talking about this is so many people that, that have come to my workshops or presentations will say, Hey, I put the keys in between my fingers. If I if if I might have my mace, I might be concealed, whatever. But to take my you know safety up to the next level, if I feel uncomfortable in an environment, I'll just put my keys in between my fingers. And if somebody approaches me, I think I'm going to use that as a weapon. So what the go guard it is, it actually slides on your finger and it's attached to you. So you, you don't have to worry about grabbing it. You don't have to worry about holding it. You don't have to worry about you know activating it in any way because it's already attached to your hand like a ring. And it's super, super sharp. So to me, if you're going to be out there alone and you're going to make sure and you're concerned about your safety, those are the type of products that you want to be associated with because you want to you want to have you in my mind, you want to do minimal thinking and have maximum impact. And we all know I've been training for 18 years. And if I walked out my door right now and somebody surprised attacked me. I'm going to be, my heart rate's going to go through the roof and I'm, and my thinking's going to go to survival. I'm still going to go into muscle memory because all the years of training, but at the same time, you still go into that survival mode and, 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 and you kind of have that tunnel vision where if you, if this is on your hand, I know that I could start swinging and, and make maximal impact with that strike that could potentially save my life. Wow. I've never heard of that product. Go guard. Go guarded. Go guarded. Yeah, I so, love that. Okay. Yeah. We'll link that yeah. in the show notes for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But it's goguarded.com. So yeah, it's, and, and, you know, and she, I have a relationship with her now, you know, she was on the front row of this workshop and she, and I'm so glad that she stopped in because she's the one that created it. She made the mold, you know, it was a startup and she's just, and she's trying to get on shark tank and all her goal is, and, and what she's doing with goguarded is trying to keep people safer. Okay. Um, That's awesome. Well, I, and, I know, think so, we'll definitely right. get some sales out of that. That's, I mean, mm. I'm going to buy one. That's awesome. That's a yeah. really good idea. Well, yeah. And, you know, and even saying that it's going into five and a half years and, you know, I've got a platform to talk right now. It's like, it's like, I get these emails from people that'll say, I'll just, you know, I'll use my handgun. I, you know, all I need is my file. All I need is my gun. All I, I'm like, I'm not saying I, I'm never, I'm not in a situation or I, I never want to say hey, a gun's wrong. I'm not, if you're trained, you're skilled, you go through all the right channels to, you know, have the handgun and you're concealed and that's going to keep you safer. Then I'm all for it. But at the same time, I've been around this long enough to know there's not that many people that go out for their walks, jogs, and their runs that are concealed. Mm -hmm. So I'm also going to bring other products into into play when I when I do do my presentations or my my talks like this to say, look what's out there that can realistically help you 
in a in a hand to hand situation. Yeah, that's good. Okay, do we have other tips to to run through? I think that, you know, so we talked about the invisible man, the safety name, power numbers, using social media for the positive, not the negative. Uh, you know, the, the, the last thing that I'll mention is the dress rehearsals. And, you know, and I talked about, I talked with, you know, earlier in the, in the talk that we've had is really put yourself in and have the discussions with your friends, your family, your loved ones. What would you do in these situations, in these environments? If it's, Two in the afternoon, somebody knocks on the door. Are you looking through the hole to see who it is or you just open it right up? Are you, if you hear something break in the middle of the night, a window downstairs, do you have things in place where you could hit your car alarm where your neighbors know to come check on you? Those are the discussions most people don't have for their personal safety, not only in their house, but also in their vehicle. You know, you're going up to a red light. Are you pulling too close to the car in front of you while you're on vacation? You don't know the area. Maybe you're driving from the airport to your hotel. Having that discussion with your with your family and friends. Don't make those type of mistakes that can put yourself in harm's way for your house, for your car, for the church, for work, wherever it may be. I mean, we just saw in Jacksonville, Florida, my old hometown, you know, when I, I lived in Jacksonville for, for 10, 12 years, you know, there that, that shooting that occurred mm-hmm. right there on the spot at, at the landing in, in Jacksonville, Florida. So I think, you know, having that dialogue and having those talks about dress rehearsals, what would you do in those situations is, is extremely important to have. What would you do in that situation in Jacksonville if you were in that room? Uh, it's, and see, that that's a t- I mean, number one, you're going it would be like, is this real? Is this really happened? Is that a firecracker? You know, you hear you hear responses with these shootings and, you know, you, you read the stories and and you're probably going to that same mindset. Is this really happening right now? And then you have to you know, you have to be able to find that exit. You have to be able to separate yourself from 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 that individual, which in turn is not going to be easy because it, people are running around. It's, uh, you know, uh, just a, uh, I can't even imagine the situation and what 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 the feeling must have been when those first gunshots went off. But but having that dialogue to say, hey, if we are here or, you know, if I talk to my daughters about that, if you are in a situation like that, separate yourself, calm, go, you know, at least you're having that talk to where you're having a strategy in each situation. And and that's what most people won't do. Okay. And then my other question is, because I think about this sometimes, like if my husband's out of town or something, if someone were to like break into my house, for instance, I have four kids and I'm upstairs with all of them. If I hear that noise downstairs, I actually, I love what you said about hitting the car alarm and we do have a house alarm. Um, then I also have a panic button on my keys for the alarm. That's even louder. So like having that by your bedside is a good idea, but what would you say, keep away from the attacker, like stay upstairs in your room. Uh, what's your advice there? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I say this too. It's like, Yes. I mean, you, of course, if you, you're, it sounds like you're taking all the precautions with a house alarm, you've got, you know, you, 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 you have things set in place, having your phone by your bed, you can call 911 to reinforce that, that, you know, if the house alarm's not activated or something's uh-huh. going on. So have the backup plan, have things ready to go potentially that you could use to win that situation. I hate to turn this into a game like win or lose, but yeah. you know what I mean by, by losing. But if it, even if it's something as simple as, uh, you know, you, uh, on the today show about five years ago, they had somebody talking about self-defense products for the home. And somebody said, I'll just use raid. If somebody comes into my space, I'm going to spray them in the face with raid cause it shoots 30 feet and it's a constant spray. And I, I, I can utilize that as a potential, um, deterrent, you know, a deterrent, uh, a weapon. Um, so 
having that in play all the way to the highest level to if somebody comes in to no matter where it's at, if it's in your living room, if it's in your basement, not, I don't want to make you sound like your house is going to be like, <laughs> if you break in there, you're going to go, <laughs> you're going to have everything ready to go. But I know if you were my wife and I was leaving town, I would want you to have things in place just in case. So when I went somewhere and I know if something ever went down, my wife and family is much safer than they, they would have been if we didn't talk about this and they didn't think they had those things ready. The raid thing is a really good idea. I've never thought about that. Yeah, you know, because on the physical targets, we didn't talk about, you know, the self-defense aspect of it, you know, for jiu-jitsu and some of the things I've learned through other martial arts. But in the t talking about, like, going after a certain target on an attacker, if I gave you one target to go after, it's the vision. If you can get into somebody's vision, mm. I don't care who they are, you're going to have a much better chance of escaping to get out of there. You know, so if you can use mace, whatever it takes to get into someone's vision and they're not expecting it, a much better chance to get out of that environment. Mm, that's good. Is there anything we can talk about physically though? I know that like nothing replaces going to a class, going to one of your clinics and then going to the jujitsu classes or self-defense classes. But um, is there any technique or anything that you can verbally speak on? Uh, yeah, it's, it's really tough to do. You know, yeah. I think when you go to run, when you go to runsafer.com and you go to the technique tab there and you, and you can visually see some of the things that I'm, that I'm, um, that, that I'm doing, you know, uh, uh, somebody comes up and they grab you by the wrist. They try to pull you into the woods. They try to pull you into a van. You'll be able to see that better and have a visual. Somebody pushes you to the ground, how important it is to be able to survive that impact. So you can come up fighting and you can continue to fight. Um, uh, somebody comes up from behind with a bear hug and tries to pick you up and try to transport you somewhere, how you can slow that process down. I think the most important thing that I can say in, a, in a, an environment like this where you can't see it is not only the practice and the training and finding a really good instructor that's teaching you self-defense uh, life-saving skills, but it's also knowing that the mindset that you would have to have if anybody ever came into your um, – uh, came at, you know, came at you and was trying to harm you and trying to assault you or trying to, trying to hurt you. I mean, you, you would have to flip the switch and, and you probably heard the story in Seattle, a young lady was assaulted. It's going on two years now. And she, you know, she started screaming, not today. And she was using mm -hmm. curse words and, you know, and, and she kept yelling this over and over and over. It's not going to happen to me. Not today, not today. And she kept fighting back. And it was like a 20 minute fight that she fought this guy by herself and she kept fighting thinking every second counts. I got to keep fighting. I'm not going to let this person hurt me and take, you know, and her mindset was no, she's not going to take me away from my family. And it's scary in my heart. You know, I start sweating thinking about that, you know, thinking about my, my loved ones and my daughters and if that ever happened, but that's really, you know, the, the mindset that you would have to have on top of having the physical tactics and self-defense um, strategies that, that I give and, and top of other you know, instructors and different martial arts. Okay. It's the mindset. Yeah. Okay. So runsafer.com and there's lots of videos there. And Todd, are you touring anytime soon or do you have any, any cities, you know, you're going to be in anytime soon? Uh, I know that I, I you know, I'm a, I'm in Monroe, Michigan now. So I'm going to be with the store, uh, gazelle sports. Um, I'm going to do, uh, I'll be here. That's in grand rapids, East Lansing, Okemos, um, South, South Detroit, Northville, so I'll be doing in, in the month of um, October. I'll be doing five presentations at, at that at that uh, running specialty store here. Um, after that, I'm not 100% sure on the schedule heading into November and December. 
but I might be coming back down. I've had some uh, discussions with uh, Athletic Annex uh, recently since the horrible situation in Iowa. So I might be making a visit uh, back down there to Indianapolis soon. Um, the best way to find that out is just go to runsafer.com or runsafer Facebook or runsafe, runsafer Todd on Instagram. And the announcements will be on there where and when I'll be heading to those locations. Okay, that's great. Okay, Todd, I wrap up every podcast with a couple end of the podcast questions. So you, mm-hmm. re- you ready for them? Yes, I am. Okay. What's one? And thank you so much for all that information. Very, very good stuff. I appreciate um, it. Thanks for having me. Okay. What is one thing personally or professionally that you have not done yet in your life that you'd still like to do? <sighs> oh, that's a tough one. I'm pretty happy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see. You know what? You've stumped me because I honestly, I, I, Pretty, you know, every day that, you know, I'm about to go teach here at 1130, teach jujitsu. I want to have a better class. I want to be able to instruct better. I want to be a better um, teacher. So I, I guess to have to have that perfect presentation for Run Saver, which I don't think I've had yet, or to have that perfect jujitsu class where I teach the, the perfect, the perfect 60 minutes. And so I know that's probably dodging the question a little bit, but that's me looking for perfection, just like I'd, I've done my whole life. I don't know if I'll ever find it, but that's that's what I'm striving for. That's a good answer. What's uh, one message you'd like to send to the world? Um, don't. And I know this has been said before by many people, but a lot of people will say it today and forget about it tomorrow. But don't sweat the small stuff and live for today and try to make a positive impact. Mm-hmm. Get off the social media. Get off the negative. Quit being a, a negative influence on other people's lives and be positive. That's the goal. I mean, too many people now sit back and, and envy others when they should be out doing something for themselves and make themselves feel better. Love it. What's the best, most recent book you've read? Ooh, most recent read? book. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. I, 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 I do more. I do more. Okay. I'm looking at, so jujitsu university by Salo Habero with Kevin Hollis right in front of me, but it's more of an instructional book where I'm, I'm constantly studying technique. Um, so that's, that's most of the time I spend my, I spend my days when I'm not teaching understanding better technique to help people in self-defense. That's good. Um, last one, if you could have coffee or cocktail or tea or a jujitsu session with someone you admire or you think is inspiring, who would that be? If I could have coffee with, uh, I guess I'll just be honest with you because it just hit me. I didn't have a great relationship with the, uh, with my dad over the last 10 years of his life. So I wish I could have one more cup of coffee with my dad because he passed away and we didn't talk for like 10 years before he passed. Um, so I'd want to have a cup of coffee with him and just tell him how much I appreciate him. Mm, that's good. All right, Todd. Well, thank you so much for sharing this. And we're going to put links to all of your stuff on the show notes and just working hard to keep everybody safe out there. That's the goal, and I appreciate you having me. And if you ever have any questions or you want to hit, you know, get any more information, or please hit me anytime. Okay. Have a great day, Todd. Okay, you too. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay, everybody. Thank you so much for listening today. Thank you, Todd, for coming on and sharing your knowledge. Again, you guys go to runsafer.com for all the information that we talked about with Todd, and you can find him on social media, runsafer. Todd is his name. You guys can find all the links for the products we talked about at lindsayhine.com and join our Facebook group. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine because that's where this exact conversation got brought up and got me thinking I should have Todd on the show. 
Make sure you check out our sponsors. Go to victorious.com slash another and get a month long unlimited free classes at Victorious. And then check out PrepDish, PrepDish.com slash another. Use the promo code another for two weeks free of their services. All right, guys, I hope this information was extremely valuable to you guys. I know it was to me. And again, I just want to say our thoughts and prayers and hearts go out to the family of Molly Tibbetts. And I hope that after listening to Todd and I talk, you guys can go out confidently and feel strong and safe and alert and Go get in on one of these self-defense classes and make sure you're trained up and you know what to do in case of any kind of attack. Let's not run scared, but let's run prepared and let's run alert and aware of our surroundings. All right, guys, we've got some great episodes coming up over the next few weeks and I so appreciate you listening today. If you're looking for more content from me, you can also find more episodes over on my Patreon page. That's patreon.com. Slash Lindsay Hine. All right, have a great Friday. Have a wonderful weekend. And as always, I'll see you next Friday.